Well, hey, everybody. This is TA. And as always, you're listening to The Recourse Podcast. Today in the library, I'm joined by Pam Mertz. She's going to be sharing about her book slash devotional that she wrote called Truth About Church Wounds. I know this is a really interesting topic for a lot of people. Unfortunately, this story is one of those ones that I think too many people can relate to. And um, it's hard to separate the church from uh, Jesus himself. And Pam does a nice job explaining how she came to write this book. And I'm really excited for some of the other opportunities that she shares with us that God has really been working with her and her ministry. And I think you're going to be delighted by Pam. So let's get right to it. Well, let's start by having you introduce yourself and uh, give us a little bit of overview of what we're going to talk about today. Sure. Yeah. Well, I'm uh, Pam Mertz. I, you know, my book says Pamela. But I, I, I sort of do you Pam. prefer Pam? I do. I <laughs> okay. do. I get that. I do. Yeah. And uh, I, uh, I live and breathe and do life in in Minnesota, mm-hmm. in St. Michael, and uh, I'm married to the man of my dreams, Lou. Oh, nice. And uh, we have three adult boys. One lives in heaven. Yeah. Uh, my middle guy is 34 and married to the dream wife of his Aww. dreams, Ashley. Mm-hmm. They live in Otsego here. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then close. our baby, Dylan, is 23 now and uh, in his final year of school up in Grand Forks. Oh, that's where my husband and I went. No. <laughs> so we have a little yeah. heart, little place in our heart for good yes. old Grand Forks, University of North Dakota, I'm yes, assuming. Yeah. Fighting Sioux versus the yeah. Falcons. Yes. Yeah, yeah, we're our that. first yeah. date was a Fighting Sioux hockey game. So. We are going to a hockey game on Saturday. Oh, you're going to, have you been to one yet? Yes. Oh, that yes. Ralph Ingalls says is beautiful. Pretty wild crowd. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's a, it's a whole other world. It really rivals to me professional sports. Like mm-hmm. there's the oh, yeah. arena, the fan base, the. I was impressed. Yeah. They yeah. do nice. And it, that was a fun first date, I'll admit. <laughs> it is fun. Yeah. 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 What are we going to be chatting about today? Well, today we're going to be talking a little bit about the first book that God has had me write mm-hmm. in a in a God help series, oh. you know, as opposed to self help. Because mm-hmm. um, I've tried all those things and God is the source. Yeah. And so this book that he laid on my heart that said would be the first one is called Truth About Church Wounds. Mm-hmm. I was super. Uh, keyed in on that when I had heard of it because um, somebody had suggested your name to me did a little research and when I saw your I'm like oh there's so many people right? that this is going to feel like yes tell me more <laughs> like where, how did that come to you to start thinking about that and how that you could maybe minister to people through this book or yeah. through this sorry study yeah, it's a book study. Yep, There's yep. some of my story in there, and so it's it's kind of a both and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like yeah. that though. But it's biblically based only, and um, the impetus came from my own experience with mm-hmm. being wounded within the the church body mm-hmm. uh, multiple times, over and over, and thinking, hmm, this this can't be. I can't be the only one even though I feel like it, mm-hmm. and look around and think everybody else in the pews looks perfect and put together. Why is my heart breaking? Mm-hmm. Why do I feel less than? Um, and then in the in the space of leadership specifically, you know, lots of opportunity for wounding. And then I started witnessing others when I started talking about, ouch, mm-hmm. that hurt. Others came forth, and I thought, this is, this is pretty common. Yeah. And, and then that he laid this on my heart years ago and I really resisted like stiff-armed strong-armed no don't make me do this God sure and it came so easily that I just I had to yeah and he said this will be your first book I'm like really because that's 
not my plan. <laughs> and here we are. Yeah, isn't that funny? I think that is so, it's our Moses reaction. Nope, don't send me. <laughs> like, nope, right. I'm, what, what are you doing? Like, yeah. that is such a common reaction to when we finally have settled our heart and go, I will truly go where you lead me. And then it's yeah. like, no, don't put that there. Right. Like, please don't make that part of my story. <laughs> right. I don't know why we have such a, uh, maybe it's just the way God finds us in our most vulnerable and we mm-hmm. become the most needing of him. Yeah. So I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I am super interested in others' reactions to that because I had mentioned to my husband um, when I was sharing that you were coming, and I said, yep, it's going to be her devotionals on um, Church Wounds, and he's like, oh, I could talk about that for a long time. Like, that was his reaction, too. It was just like, oh, yeah, I could tell you stories, you know, from church families and his... Absolutely. Yeah. I'm it's, interested how other people reacted. It's so very common. Yeah. And and having it be a part of conversation and having it out there on my website and, and now mm-hmm. I my virtual assistant is putting it on, on all my social media pieces. Yeah. People are coming out of the woodwork saying, wow, this is a thing. Yeah. I'm not alone. And how do I learn more? And um, I just learned yesterday that the one of the board members of Promise Land Living, which is a ministry I'm on, um, just emailed me and said, oh, I've got a small group. We're starting this Tuesday night. Anything I should know about this book? And I'm instantly like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's what this is for. <laughs> huh. They're doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just blessed that this is beginning to get some traction and beginning to be out there where people can gather in small groups in their homes and begin the healing process. Yeah. I like that it was a group setting type of uh, devotional you know some are meant truly for your own learning but when wounds happen in a church setting it tends to be with a lot of people and so I'm imagining the healing comes maybe easier or can feel different when you're doing that in a group setting as well yeah was that purposeful or was that absolutely purposeful and that was a a download from God Um, before any of this came to be um, just doing a study on all the one another's, mm. the scriptures, the verses, the commands on how to live together in the body. Um, and there's 111 of those, you know, <laughs> yeah, I counted yeah. them and thought, yeah. wow, that's a, that's a lot. What he, he's pretty serious about us doing life together Yeah, because he knows we have an enemy yeah. and he knows, you know, we need those one another's to do all the things. And, um, you know, Wayne Jacobson's got a book called The Authentic Living, The, the Lost Art of One Anothering, and that really fed me, and um, I referenced that in, in my book, in the, in the study. Um, but there's, there's like a de- degrees of intimacy within mm-hmm. this one anothering space, and it begins with love. Yeah. And then prayer. When you love someone, you begin to take interest in them, and you can begin to understand how to, how to pray for them. And then when you do that, then you can tap into, oh, that's a burden. I can help bear that burden to Jesus for that person. And so you begin to to deepen that intimacy with one another's Mm -hmm. in that space of community. Yeah. And I appreciated you do a lot of church history because I think, um, especially those people who grew up in a church family, they didn't necessarily do the thought process of what does it mean to be in a church versus not or to be in community in a way that's different than like I grew up in a non-Christian home. So to choose which church I was going to and which denomination, all all those things are super important that sometimes we just flippantly, I like the music here, so I'm going to go here. And you're opening yourself up to doctrine or opening up yourself to, unfortunately, just, you know, um, a Russian roulette of whatever, you know, 
is there. Yeah. And so I liked that your book, your book talked about thinking through that, but also kind of laying out some of the, how the church got to where it is. Yeah. 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 And I, I barely touched, scratched, nicked the surface <laughs> of church history. Yeah. It, it in and of itself could be a, you know, oh, for sure. nine month long, deep, deep, yeah. deep study of who and why and how and what and how we got here today. But um, I just thought it was important to understand what does the Bible say? Mm. Old Testament church. A lot of people, when I say that, you know, churches in the Old Testament, they're like, wait, what? I don't, I don't, I didn't see that. Mm -hmm. And it's, it is, it's, it's gathering, it's community, it's each other, one another. Yeah. And, and then that's carried into the New Testament, you know, the birth of the Christian church, believing in Christ. Mm -hmm. And, and then a little bit of the how we got to where we are today. Yeah. But um, it's a very fascinating study. If people are interested in learning more, there's so much out there on what happened. Yeah. Well, and then going forward after, you know, Martin Luther and the Reformation and talking through about the different denominations and where we are today of why this church down the street is different from the church across the street. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you help or how what do you suggest for people that are not sure why do I go to a Baptist church versus a Methodist versus a non-denomination? Yeah, good question, because um, I think that is one of the hardest things to think about when you are searching for a church. Mm -hmm. Um, The core issues are the things that I look for. I call them the trunk issues. I've heard that described to me, you know. Mm -hmm. Is is it the triune God that they celebrate and worship? Um, Is the only way to the Father through Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that. And do they believe in the sacraments of baptism and those kinds of things. Um, the others, I think, have become branch or even leaf issues sure. when you think about the yeah. tree. And if the trunk issues are, are there, those basic tenets of Christian faith, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I like that thought process of that. You know, the other interesting thing I was thinking when you said that was, when I was, I became a Christian in high school, so like when I was in college, I went to a Wesleyan college. I only went to a Wesleyan college because I went to a Wesleyan church, which is where all my friends went to youth group, which is where I got So like, I feel like I fell into things that I, you know, I didn't choose them, I fell into it. Mm-hmm. And I remember in college, finally kind of understanding a little bit of what you're saying of what are tenets of things that I believe mm-hmm. and what that looks like denominationally differently. Because at one point I was looking at a school um, that was Kelvin based. And I didn't understand how Kelvinism was very different from Wesleyan, like being a Wesleyan or from what shoots of, um, theology and doctrine did those kind of trickle down from. And I, I just think it's a, it's a piece that we don't talk about, but the change now where churches have websites and they have their mission statements and they have their core beliefs, you can do more of that research where before it was, if you're church shopping, you go and you sit and go, oh yeah, no, no, this was not, you know, this was not aligned with what I was kind of hoping mm-hmm. or where I felt my belief system was or, you know, so it's changed a lot now as we're in this more digital age. Exactly. Yeah. You like. can kind of church shop from home. <laughs> yeah. Especially now so many are online, like you can watch old services and watch and listen to what the pastor's directly saying from the pulpit. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you can have a little bit different guide there. Yeah. Um, can we go back into a little bit of the book and tell me um, a little bit of what you kind of has, um, what have you have learned through biblical study? What is the purpose of the church? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a, that was, feels like a loaded question, but. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, the purpose of the church is to 
be present mm -hmm. here on earth. Mm -hmm. We are the bride. Mm -hmm. And the purpose of the church is to be this space where we as believers can live and breathe mm -hmm. and be strengthened and be nurtured and be comforted and all the one anothering pieces. Yeah. Um, and then we are to fulfill that great commission, that commandment, yeah. go make disciples. That's, that's it. Yeah. It's pretty simple. It feels very simple, right? And I like that you reference, um, it's Tom and Rainey. Tom Rainier, correct? It's the Simple Church. They, he is the president of Lifeway and just has that kind of core, same thing, what is the purpose of church and the simple. I like that you referenced that because I think we can get it. The church can become diluted and things like that. And I also like that you referenced in the Bible, you know, Christ loved the church, you know, and that image of bride and groom. And yeah, I love that. I think yeah. that's great. What has the response been for after you published? Um, it's been all positive, hmm. all positive. You know, there's, there's been a little bit of feedback on the, the reference to the, the, um, the council of Trent Sure. and, um, to be completely transparent, I've rewritten that. Oh, there's okay. a new revision coming out, um, where I've, I've taken that out because there's other religions and other things that have come against, you know, the true church, capital C church in terms of cursing and those things. So that revised edition will be available, um, just after the 1st of February. Yeah. I, I think that's an important thing though, to mm -hmm. take feedback or to take mm -hmm. thought in if this is going to hinder or if this is not going to be right. messaging in a way that's going to land and bring people closer to Christ, then there's no loss in changing. It, exactly. And I, and I, I ask people for feedback mm -hmm. and I, I want to be in that space of one another. And if I'm teaching and preaching and writing about it and it's in black and white and print, I want to receive admonishment as well. And, yeah. and it's that feedback of, you know, is this, could this wound somebody? Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I was, oh, you're right. Yeah. Okay, let's let's change that. So those pages are, and then there was a couple of typos that I've, <laughs> after all of the editing <laughs> and know. looking and all the eyeballs, it's like, oh boy, we missed that one. Yeah. So that'll be coming out. That's great. And yeah. I think there is a, we talk about gifts within the church of spiritual gifts teaching and preaching, there is just another level of that, of how we, and I, I worry sometimes we put people up on pedestals because of those things, the speakers, the pastors and things like that. But there's also a sense of they, I feel that, and maybe it is biblical, they, they're held to a different standard too, that God has a higher level of like expectation or I don't know, there just seems to be more responsibility in what you're saying and doing because you're shepherding my people. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and that is biblical. There is scripture that says, you know, you'll be held to account yeah. for the people that you lead and teach. Yeah. Then yeah. that's a scary place to be, I imagine. Scary place, but yet um, when you're called somewhere, you trust. That's true. It's 100% trust of, okay, God, you've got this too. Mm -hmm. One, I think you have the right mindset to also say, and I can change that. I can go back and take that and go, oh, now we're going to shift and learn and grow from it. I Absolutely. don't think it's a matter of, well, done, I'm done. And I don't have, you know, I can't change anything. Right. So yeah. I think that's important. Yeah. So you, you kind of hinted at the beginning that this is not the only book that you're being filled, called to write. Yeah. 
What do you think is coming next? Are you not ready to share that? I am ready to oh, share. Okay. Yeah. What are you thinking? Yeah. Or what has been downloaded into you? So, um, in the background, always running is my story, mm -hmm. and and that's something I've been working on for years. And it's a very provocative title. I always preface it with that because <laughs> God gave me the title, and it's "Can God See Me Naked?" Mm. And that's something I asked at age three, oh. after being swept out by a rogue wave just off the coast of California in Bodega Bay. Um, my dad perched me and then he climbed a little higher to take a picture and a rogue wave came in and swooped me out. And I had to be stripped and put in front of a fire to be warmed up because I was hypothermic. It was oh, cold, sure. it was winter. Yeah. And I clearly remember asking, because I knew it was probably not a good idea to be naked out in public. Yeah. That's something we do in our house, right? <laughs> and I asked my mom, can God see me naked? And he brought that back to mind as I as he's you know plopping mm -hmm. these things about telling your life story and and it's um, the subtitle will be you know one woman's journey to intimacy with the father. Mm -hmm. I like that. And so that's working in the background, and okay. I have lots of people saying, "It's where, where is the book, Pam?" <laughs> you know, even someone who's a publisher like I want that to I want to that book I will run. Yeah. Um, so even my husband is you know. Are you writing more? What's going on? So I have lots of cheerleaders around oh, that. Um, but God pulled this one to the forefront. He said, "This will be your first book. This will be like the cork." Yeah. That will, you know. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm just being obedient, and and so much so that when I wrote this one, I'm like, okay, God, you do all the marketing, you do all the everything, because I did my part. And He's like, mm, no, there's more for Pam. <laughs> so here we are. But the next book in the series, the God Help series, um, is forming, and uh, it should be out mid-year this year. Okay. And it came from uh, some quarantine time last year. Mm -hmm. I was uh, exposed to COVID up at the lake with extended family and was quarantined to our, our lake place for a week. Oh, darn. <laughs> All by myself. <laughs> you know, I'm yeah, just yeah. like, oh, <laughs> poor Pam. Not so much. <laughs> And so during that quiet time, I, you know, just kind of listened. Yeah. And God took me to Jeremiah 6 and 16 and 17. And in there is clearly they did not listen. Mm -hmm. And that word listen just jumped off the pages. And then he said, you know, I've got more for you. So I did a complete doctrinal study of the word listen from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. And the word, the original words in Hebrew. Yeah. And all the times when, you know, biblical stories and characters listened and, and didn't, mm -hmm. those contexts, um, inclusive of, and I'll, this is a spoiler alert, 400 years of silence between the Testaments, right? Yeah, between Malachi and, and, and Matthew. Yeah. yeah. And the first thing he said that other people heard mm -hmm. was, this is my son. Yeah. In him, whom I'm well pleased, listen to him. Yeah. And so this book is based on that, and it's going to be able to be used in many different places and spaces. You know, I'm a, I'm a coach, and I teach coaching, and so it'll be used for that. I'm doing a, a coaching camp in June, uh, but the book will be called Listening In. Okay. So listening in to that spirit. Yeah. God's voice. We all can hear God's voice. Yeah. He says so in John 10, right? Mm -hmm. The sheep hear my voice. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I'll go into details of that, of what does that look like? How do I know I'm hearing God's voice? Yeah, so I'm assuming it'll be in more, of, and it'll be again in a devotional form. Kind of... It will be, there'll be some study, it'll be scripturally okay. based. Um, there'll be some story, there'll be some, you know, history, some some pieces and parts, but yeah, yeah it'll be biblically based. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I like opportunity that... with, just, I think, just questions at the end this oh, time, sure. rather oh, sure. than a deep dive. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Yeah, and I, I bet... It'll be nice to have a variety too, because I liked within this first one that you do, and you really encourage the use of Strong's and using the original, like, let's look at the original Greek and let's look at the original Hebrew. I think that's such an important way when we are studying um, biblical references and then using them within the proper context and not just cherry picking a scripture and being like, oh, this applies when that's not truly what at that moment or what within the context that was. And yet at the same time, there are people who really resonate from your story or from biblical examples and real life examples or real moment examples, I should say, um, and not wanting to do as in depth or just wanting it to um, wash with them rather than dig, if that yeah. makes sense. So I'm saying yeah. that. So it'll be a nice kind of um, mix for people, yeah. I think. That's exciting. It is. Yeah. And you have a ministry called Blueprint Life. Mm-hmm. And so that's where these um, books and um, ministries coming from. But you also, like you um, mentioned, you do coaching. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? Well, I was um, in the high tech world for years and years and years. And, and it really got exhausting mm-hmm. and not so much fun anymore. Yeah. And I had a girlfriend say, you know, you're a coach. I'm like, what is that? It feels like people that don't know what to do and they just print cards with the little perforations and, you know, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a life coach. And she says, no, 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 Pam, you're a coach. And here I'm gifting you a coaching course. Mm-hmm. And so I did, I did take the course because she gifted it to me yeah. and fell in love with the whole, um, what I call intentional one anothering, mm-hmm. learning how to hold that sacred space. Sure listening on a deeper level there's four levels of listening listening at that fourth level to the person with the person for the person mm-hmm. and then in to the holy spirit oh i like that i've never thought of it that way i think mean, we talk about normally like listening in two aspects you know like passive and um active so to put it in a different perspective of but also not listening just for myself, but for the other person, yeah. and then through the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna have to think on that. That's that's a new thought process for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that'll be in the new book. Ah, I'm yes, excited. It'll <laughs> be good. Yeah. I also want to point you. You mentioned your friend saw in you something you didn't see in yourself. Mm-hmm. I feel like that happens a lot because I feel like my and I always talk about my husband this way. Like I feel like he does that a lot for me. Or there are certain people within our lives that kind of see things that. Maybe we are blind to, or we are purposefully pushing down, or things like that. I, I love hearing that, that other people, that we have that, and maybe we should step into that space more for other people. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I believe people come into our lives mm. to call out the gold, mm. to bring forth what they see. And it may be things that we dreamed about long ago, mm-hmm. but we've decided is too painful mm. to pursue because it's been too hard. Sure too heavy yeah. or people have um, unwittingly been used by the enemy to squelch that kingdom purpose sure and so listening to those that we love and trust is key mm-hmm. to being able to walk out your calling yeah 
Well, I love that, that somebody did that for you. Yeah. And you were obedient to at least give it a try because then in doing so, it opened up a whole new world for you. It did. Yeah. So did the coaching come first before that? So tell me how that all kind of played out into deciding this is going to be now yeah. a new life. Yeah. Um, the coaching instruction came first and then the encouragement from my instructor, um, Cheryl Scanlon. She's the founder of of a ministry and she also brought me into the professional Christian coaching institute world for teaching and training and equipping. Um, she then, you know, kind of mentored me and continues to yeah. um, speaking life into me and, you know, calling me into that space so that I can continue to develop those skills. Um, so much so that I'm on staff now, um, both for her ministry, Promise Land Living, and at Professional Christian Coaching Institute. Yeah. Yeah. So you have a plateful. I do. <laughs> you do. But it's all good, nummy stuff. Yeah, that is the <laughs> best place to be, right? Tell me more about Promise Land Living. What yeah. does that look like? Promise Land Living was somewhere I stepped into, and it's a group coaching experience mm -hmm. on how to live abundantly. Okay. The John 10, 10, mm -hmm. you know, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus came to give us life abundant. Mm -hmm. And we live on that side of the butt. Yes. <laughs> um, but sometimes it doesn't look that way or feel that way. Yeah. Right. You're right. Right. And so this is a it's a course that's de been developed, downloaded um, divinely mm -hmm. uh, to Cheryl. And she's able to, you know, duplicate this, train and equip um, other coaches to deliver this uh 13 module course yeah. that equips the body on how. Yeah. How do you step out of that? How do you renew your mind? How do you live out your identity? What does that look like? Sure. And and then the one anothering piece is huge. It creates community. Yeah. What I like as you're talking, I keep kind of hearing these same um words and um, kind of mottos and feelings that just overlap into each other of feeling like it makes so much sense with the coaching and with the different print material you've created and with the different ministries you work with like how cool is it to overlay all these pieces in just slightly different branches like it just feels so perfectly interconnected it does yeah. it does and I couldn't have come up with that yeah. plan or that model so I, I trust that God has kind of laid this out for me and I'm just following his lead. Yeah. Have you ever struggled in that? There's times when we, like the path feels very obvious, but it's like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I just don't want to put myself out there in that way. Has there been areas that you're a little more hesitant or have struggled with a little more? Oh, yeah. Um, a podcast like this a few years ago would have yeah. frightened me. I would have said, no, th uh, thanks, I'm good. <laughs> um God has healed me in so many ways mm -hmm. that now I'm at the point in my life and my journey that I can't help but share yeah. because of all the good he's done, all the things he's healed me from. I need to share that and give others hope. Uh, plus, it makes him famous, and that's what we're here for. That's right. Just to bring him glory. Yeah. I'm assuming, too, there's a, an element, the more you see healing in others or you hear stories of people who have been blessed because of different um, things that you put out or shared or coached that it makes that huge difference. You feel like you feel like the win of, okay, that makes all these hard pieces worth it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That there's purpose in the pain. Yeah. Rather sure. than just a waste. Yeah. And I think that's the hardest piece because we can take that pain, live through it, and then shove it down or not, not bring it up for others. And we talked about this a little bit before we started that idea of 
of um, this podcast and being that we're fo- I focus on stories that are kind of harder recourse means to help in a difficult situation. Those difficult things can be so hard to talk through at times mm-hmm. or can be hard to share. I struggled in this and I don't want people to see that part of me. I want them to see the victory part of me, but it's in the mud that we find a connection and we find hope. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you think about a spa, a mud treatment, mm-hmm. it's very healing. Sure. Pulls out all the infirmities, right? Right. All the all the things, the detoxes. Yeah. And it's in that muck or in the valleys mm-hmm. where things are lush and there's life. Yeah. The mountaintops of life are beautiful. It's a great view. Yeah. But the air's thin. Yeah. There's no trees. There's nothing to eat up there. That's true. It always reminds me when we talk about mountains and valleys. There was a great song back in, I was aging myself, back in the 90s. <laughs> um, there's a band that I just absolutely loved called Cane Mids Call. And they had a song called In the Valleys. And even though I love the mountaintop view, it says, um, it, when I'm in the valley, the valleys fill first. And that's where you kind of get God the most because yep. that's where yep. the valleys fill from the bottom up. And it's like, yeah, there is, there is so much good there even though we never want to be there we want to be we want that mountaintop view all the time right but how can you appreciate it if you don't know yeah what the bottom looks like too so there's balance in both I guess there is yeah Mm -hmm. I imagine too having after bringing up and publishing a book on church wounds there are a lot of people who share their stories with you and also have been vulnerable I'm assuming in ways that are humbling or you know, um, yeah, I'm just gonna leave it there at humbling. Um, what has been, um, some of the, I don't want to ask what's the hardest thing, or I don't want to ask you to share anything that's not uh, appropriate, but what are some of the things that with the response to that, that has maybe been consistent or you're seeing kind of culturally, what are we people dealing with, with church wounds? I think, um, in general, just to speak to that, that it's been a lot of, um, neglect, Mm you know, of areas of, of wounding and places and spaces where people feel like the church should mm, yeah. be able to to be present and to be um, loving and kind and nurturing and healing. Yeah. That uh, for whatever reason, you know, it yeah. wasn't communicated clearly, leadership may not have been equipped, mm-hmm. um, even within small group spaces and places that leaders kind of gloss over things, you know, hard mm-hmm. topics, maybe not. And, and that is wounding, you know, and somewhat isolating for people. So the, the wounds vary from, you know, what I would call, you know, a, a scrape or a, you know, a, a poke sure. to really deep, like severing of a limb yeah. kind yeah. of a wound that I will never go back to church. Right. And I think that's things. being able to disconnect a person and a problem from a church mm. is so hard for people. And just as we're processing this, I think too, societally, or maybe even culturally as, as Westernized Christians, we have a different expectation maybe now of church to raise our kids a certain way or to teach our kids a certain thing. And we do it blindly where we put kids in youth group and be like, I've done my duty. They should know Christ now. And instead of reminding or being thoughtful that the family core is where the majority of that learning should happen. And I think that can cause a lot of hurt and pain for people based on their assumptions of what church is and what it isn't. Yeah. Yeah. Or what that church is maybe capable of. Cause maybe it is 
that is a good, that is a different church could have a different, but having appropriate expectations, maybe. Yeah, yeah, there's, there is a, a need for the family foundation to continue to, to build into that and then mm-hmm. supplement with group outings and youth groups and, and, and those areas where as we continue to pour into our children, it's supplemented yeah. and lived out at you know youth retreats. And I'm sure we all have stories and yeah. listeners have stories of those, those middle school youth retreats <laughs> when you, you know, encountered the Holy Spirit for the first time. Or... Yeah, and those are invaluable. You don't want those to be missed. I just sometimes, and maybe I'm just thinking with my parent brain right now, of the parents who feel hurt by the church because their children grow up and leave the church and they feel the church wasn't in depth enough or didn't teach my child well enough. And so I worry that their expectation was that the church was meant to do that versus them. And so there's a expectational piece of what the church is, who's there, what that, and yeah, yeah maybe I'm feeling off on that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I hear you. And, and isn't there a proverb that says train the child, child up? Should, yeah. Yeah. The way they should Not go. send them to the right church. So they'll be trained up. Yeah. Right. That, that training falls within that parenting space. I agree. Um, and faith is the most important component of that. Yeah. And I was fortunate and blessed to attach to God at a very young age. Mm. Um, thanks to my mother. Yeah. 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 What advice or what ways do you think are best for people who have had church hurts? Um, and we'll talk maybe about wounds that are maybe a little bit deeper that they truly don't have, don't feel comfortable now going back to a church space. Mm. What would you, what would be the best way for them to find healing in that or even just to start some of that process? That's a really good question. I think it's going to be different for every person. Sure. Um, I have friends close to me that are kind of done with church and mm-hmm. done with the organization of church, yeah. and I can validate that within them. They still have connections with other believers. They still are in spaces and places where they can one another and be one anothered, to yeah. use that word as yeah. a verb. But it is so important to be a part of a community. Yeah, Isolation is where the enemy really can wreak havoc right. and have a heyday. Yeah. Because we are part of a body. You know, 1 Corinthians 12 talks about that. You know, there's gifts and there's, you know, eyes and ears and arms and legs and all parts of the body that need to interact together. Yeah. And you're missing that. For sure. By I, resisting. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like that happened even within the pandemic of, of us feeling disconnected yes. in different ways. And I think that opened up for some people. Yeah, the yeah. wounding of that. Yeah, and I have very strong feelings about essentials and churches being closed and, uh, you know, strip clubs and the bars being open. Yeah, don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other topic. <laughs> Another day. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I appreciate that. I think that's a, a, a really important piece. Um, another important thing that um, just from knowing you on social media, you have a very exciting event coming up soon. Yeah. Can you tell me about it? Yes. Um, something else that God just plopped in my lap. Um, it's a women's conference the uh-huh. last weekend of April, yeah. Friday and Saturday, 28th and 29th. Yeah, 2023. <laughs> yes, so 2023. And um, it's called Extraordinary, mm-hmm. Made for More. Yeah. And it's going to be at the Sheraton West near Ridgedale. 
and uh, I get to speak first on Friday. How do you feel about speaking? Are you like, got this, no problem? I, Where are you I gonna love speaking. Do you? You know, I used yep. to be terrified. Yeah. And, you know, through a series of speaking events, God's like, it's still not about you, Pam. I know. I'm just speaking through you. I was like, oh, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite things, because I really enjoy speaking as well, and every time I get up to speak, I still get that super nervous whatever, but one of my favorite things is all of a sudden you're in the middle of like three or four sentences and you're like, I don't even know what I'm saying right now right. because it's so not me speaking. And this happened a lot when I was, I was a middle school teacher, and it would happen there too just because it was just downloaded into you like you're just I'm just doing what you want me to do Lord this is the next thing that you want me to say and all of a sudden you're like oh, that made sense because sometimes you just, and I'm an out loud processor to begin with so it kind of can happen anyways but it's magic when you're like oh yeah that that was totally just the yeah. Lord speaking through me I have those moments and I I when I recognize them, I will give credit where credit is due oh, and for say sure. that was smarter than me. <laughs> I was like, I that, would never, yeah. Right. Nope. I have no idea where that came from. Yeah, well, yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> well, often to me, is it's the thing that I hadn't, It was. it's not on my, on my what I wrote down or what yeah. I had thought through, what these are the bullet points I'm going to hit. It's, yeah. I got off on this tangent and I can't imagine why. Oh, I know why. Because yeah. God was like, because somebody needs to hear this. Somebody out there needs that. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Um, so the name of this conference you said is Excellent? Extraordinary. Extraordinary. Why mm -hmm. Extraordinary? Well, as we were gathering um, as a group of women, and um, we have a, a pastor that's um, also helping us mm -hmm. kind of with the, the logistics and the internal and the marketing, um, praying and just seeking what would, what would fit. What do women need right now? Mm -hmm. And that word just kind of, floated out of several of us and floated to the top. So are each of the speakers going to be talking kind of around that topic? What does that look like for you? The topic um, that God, you know, I several things I could talk about and, and love to talk about, but um, just this last two and a half, three years of, of the pandemic and just the, the trauma of a lot of, of what a lot of people have gone through, uh, myself included. Mm -hmm. Um, my mom got really ill and she um, was hospitalized with COVID. Mm -hmm. And then in recovery, she was maltreated and um, ended up needing to be life flighted from Bemidji to Minneapolis. Oh, no. And I was with her in ICU for several weeks and she passed. Oh, I'm sorry. And while she was in the hospital, her, her home burned down. Oh, no. So just lots and lots of layers of pain yeah. and loss and grief on top of all the pandemic trauma Yeah, um, led me to uh, a topic of, really, God? Hmm. Really? Could you just maybe stop one of those things, two of those things, three yeah. of those things? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I've been there. And then even, even more recently, um, my sweet oldest, our older nephew, um, my brother lost his son oh. this summer yeah. to a, a just a freak drowning accident. Sure. So I was able to go out there and be present and help them plan his celebration. And so there's just been lots of loss, lots of grief, and yeah. lot, and I know that I'm not alone. Yeah. So no. many people have lost so many and so much. Yeah. That it just felt like the right topic to yeah. acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. Realize. You're not alone. And and now what? Yeah. And I imagine a lot of people listening will be blessed by that topic, mm -hmm. which again is a harder one to talk about and to be 
vulnerable about mm-hmm. in spaces that you are still working through and yeah. family things and still walking through it. Yeah. So I appreciate you being yeah. willing to share about that and mm-hmm. in a pretty vulnerably big space. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope that goes well. I'm excited to hear more about that. It's going to be good. <laughs> like I mean, I keep seeing the social media posts and I'm like, looks amazing. Like yeah. a lot of amazing speakers that day. So, yeah. or those two days. So yeah, that'll be great. Cool. Well, is there anything else you have coming up or have on the, you have a lot on your plate. <laughs> um, well, it's all things that God has, you know, placed on there, mm-hmm. and I'm being very intentional. That's my word for this year of oh, that's good how I parse my time and how I spend my time and yeah. what I do. It's it's got to be weighty and intentional, sure, uh, for kingdom purposes, and and mm-hmm. all of this feels like that. That's the filter, you know. Yeah. I ask, is this okay? All right. Well, if you're bringing it, you're gonna give me what I need to do it. Yeah. Um, I do have another group forming for uh, Truth About Church Wounds. Okay. And it's an online group, so it's open to, you know, people that are long distance as well. I like that. I saw that that you're doing one currently. I like that because there are people who are going to key in on this opportunity, but not necessarily have the space within, because, you know, some churches have, well, our women's group has already picked the devotional for this month, or they're already got their set group of things to do. It's a nice way of yeah, but I, on a Tuesday night, still want to be able to plug in with people to go through. I, I have not, not seen it done in that way before, and I thought that was really unique. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and I love how God works because I've had experience with Zoom long before the pandemic mm-hmm. through Promise Land Living because sure. that is an international ministry, and we meet online. Yeah. And so that was like, oh, I, I, I can do that. I yeah. have that skill. I love how God does that. He I kind know. of skills us in ways. He's like, because in a few years or a few months, you're going to need yeah. this. He's so oh, smart. I love that. I love that. Um, where can we find you online? At blueprintlife.com. Okay. And then I'm on Instagram. Yeah. At Blueprint Leadership Life. Okay. And on Facebook. Perfect. We'll put all that in the show notes too, so anybody can quick find those links. Perfect. But really, I appreciate you being here today and sharing and really, I... Just like I said, some of the conversation that my husband and I had um, about your book just in prep for this was really a blessing to me. So Mm. beyond this conversation, I appreciate you. Thank you so much, TA. Yeah, have a great day. You too. I just want to say thanks again to Pam for coming and sitting in the library and sharing about her ministries and devotionals. If you were inspired or encouraged and want to learn more, please check out those show notes. Uh, You can find Pam on her website and Instagram. You can buy her books on Amazon and you can sign up for her conference. Uh, All the links are there. Uh, Again, thank you guys so much for supporting this podcast. Feel free to drop us a line, rate, review wherever you get your podcasts. And I really look forward to having you guys join me next week for another great conversation. We'll see you then.